0: Maybe your first experience outside of that bubble was your first job or your first time in college. Maybe it was that first corporate job you had, whatever it was. There was a pivot at some point in our lives where we transitioned from the bubble and now we're getting outside of the bubble and now we're being exposed to different things. And that is the moment where your worldview is truly tested. And the reason why it's tested is because there is where you will consider or start to reconsider everything that you learned. Everything from faith, family, relationships, how you see yourself, how you see the world, how you see people from different backgrounds, racial groups, and so on. All of that is challenged. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home, as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How oh, I fit your strategic goal, and they're like, "Wow, that makes sense." Okay, yeah, that does. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you got me here because that's that's good. So, I feel it was accurate. Like, what was your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have a period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. Like I'm happy right now. I am. I'm. This is good. So, what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire, and I'm so happy to bring this episode with you or to you midweek. Is because in going out and supporting a, a team during a team retreat, doing a three-day event where I was really dialing in with some business leaders trying to understand stress and navigating the stressors of a pandemic and making adjustments, there was a revelation that I want to discuss, that we want to realize we have to redefine how we look at emotions. I know, hearing the term emotional or you are emotional probably makes you cringe, but I really need you to understand how emotions truly dictate how we show up on a day-to-day. And the more that we start to understand that and learn how to navigate our emotions so they're not in the driver's seat, the more effective we will be as leaders in business and corporations, organizations, and on teams. So get your notepads, get dialed in, and let's get into today's message. So if you want to take a moment and reflect on how you learned about emotions, how you feel about emotions, who expanded your mindset on it or limited your mindset on it, and do you, or are you aware, excuse me, if you are viewing emotions correctly, like really dial that back to the source. And one of the things we have to recognize, and I do this in a lot of my trainings, I talk about your worldview. And your worldview pretty much shapes how you see the world. And a lot of that is established when we are young. When we are young and we're in these bubbles of our communities, of our households, of these different spaces that we are in, we learn a lot about life, about relational management about how to connect, build, how we look at ourselves, how we look at others, how we look at people from different backgrounds. If you're looking at race, sex, age, and so on, all of that is pretty much developed at, you know, at an adolescence, your very young age. And then what happens is that once you get to a certain age, you pivot out of that community, or maybe you didn't, right? Maybe your first experience outside of that bubble was your first job or your first time in college. Maybe it was that first corporate job you had, whatever it was. There was a pivot at some point in our lives where we transitioned from the bubble and now we're getting outside of the bubble and now we're being exposed to different things. And that is the moment where your worldview is truly tested. And the reason why it's tested is because there is where you will consider or start to reconsider everything that you learned. Everything from faith, family, relationships, how you see yourself, how you see the world, how you see people from different backgrounds, racial groups, and so on. All of that is challenged Because for so many years, for so long of a time, you saw the world one way and now something hasn't happened that shook all that up. So, for example, as you guys know, I serve in the United States Air Force and I remember going to basic training and in basic training. You don't know who you're going to meet. I know that essentially I will be in a uh, space where I'm going to be around other women because of course they separate the men and the women, um, depending on, you know, because again, you're in a dorm together. It's about 50 of you all. There was 50 of us when we went in and you're, you're connecting with people from all backgrounds, different races, different ages, and so on. So, I'm leaving this space of, you know, again, one of the first changes, honestly, from my worldview change was going from West Africa and coming to the United States as a migrant. So that was a change. And again, now in the military, you're going from your bubble. I grew up mainly in the Washington, D.C. area after I came to the United States. Then I went, now I'm going to another space. Going to San Antonio, Texas for my training and I'm meeting and I'm connecting with people I've never, ever encountered before. Again, depending on what level of exposure I had, I'm around different racial groups or maybe these racial groups I've never been around around in a long period of time. Um, I'm being around people from different cultures and backgrounds and so on. And what happens is that the, the experiences and the learning that I've had in my bubble is now going to be challenged because I might've seen or experienced this type of person one way, or I might've learned from media about this person in one way. And now I have a living, breathing person in front of me that will either confirm maybe my bias or allow me to learn and change and pivot my mindset. You guys pick up what I'm putting down? I hope you do. And the same thing happens with emotions, right? Because it's really focused on emotional management and thinking about that. Um, And we can definitely talk more about the worldview, but I want to focus on emotions because it's such a foundational base of how we show up in spaces. So how you saw emotions and how you experienced things, how you navigated stress was something that was a learned behavior, something you witnessed, learned, incorporated, pivoted, and so on. How you see emotions, how you connect with people, if you cry, if you don't cry, if you, um, again, respond with the levels of emotions from anger to sadness to disappointment and so on. But do you even know the language of the variety of emotions? Do you only know it based off of a few I'm happy, sad, I'm angry, I'm mad and just those basic things or do you have the language to say I'm disappointed, I'm afraid, I'm fearful, I am. I feel taken advantage of. Do you know that range of emotions or are you limited to even the language to know how to express yourselves? So that's another area that's challenged so much. So what we do is for many of us, emotions and emotional, being emotional quote unquote in relationships in professional or personal relationships and leadership roles and so on, we have created this idea of what that looks like. So either, again, that organization, that company, that relationship, that individual will confirm or confirm your bias, right? Or it could potentially allow you to learn something new. And a lot of people struggle in this area of emotion. Because again, if somebody says to you, you are emotional, what are you going to think? You're going to consider it bad for most people they're going to defend it they might be offended and not only that the person that said it to you was saying it to you in a way to try to offend you but ladies and gentlemen i want to introduce you to a new thought and this might be something we already know something to incorporate and recognize stop telling other people you know what that person's too emotional Even I'm working on it because I'm learning new things that's allowing me to expand how I communicate and and talk about these things. But we should no longer say to someone, you are emotional or you are too emotional and use it as a word of offense because that's the exact reason why people struggle with expressing it, managing it, um, and navigating around it where essentially emotions are the foundation of dictating our actions and behaviors. Yes, yes, yes. It is a fact. It is a scientific fact. And you guys know, I love research. I love looking into emotional intelligence. And I talk about emotional intelligence a lot because when I talk about it, it's about becoming more aware and being able to understand, manage your emotions. But again, do you know the range of emotions? So there's an emotional wheel out there by Robert Plutchik. A beautiful example of the intensities of emotions and feelings. And the beautiful thing is that when you go look that up, because please go look that up, you start to recognize how I've been communicating emotions is ineffective. I have not truly been communicating it in the proper way. Because it's one thing if somebody tells me they're angry, but it's a whole nother thing if someone says, I am disappointed. I feel taken advantage of that that language speaks to me a lot differently. Now I can maybe get to a root cause, but if you just say solely I'm angry, depending on my worldview, my experiences, my upbringing will create this story or this dialogue that only connects to my experiences with what anger looks like. And now based off of that, I'm going to respond based off of my wiring, my worldview, and my upbringing, because I only have a little bit of data to understand truly what this emotion means. But by expanding my language, and now two people have truly taken time to understand the emotions and express them effectively. And now they're saying, you know what? Instead of saying that I am angry, I'm gonna say that I am hurt. I feel taken advantage of, I feel exposed. Okay, now that is another type of language that can really connect and get to the core reason of why you feel the way you feel and vice versa but for many of us are limited uh, and again it's not it's no fault of ours we go into the world and we learn new things when we educate ourselves and that's why I say exposure is so important because we all have a certain level of bias we all do and the the big the reason why we have that bias is because of our worldview. Because we need to learn more, because we need to stretch ourselves, because we're limited to maybe the human interactions and the relationships that we need to have in order for us to understand that there is a more more than one way to be, you know, a woman. There's more than one way to be a man. And when I say more than one way, I'm saying that some of us have this specific idea of what a woman should do, what she should be like, how she should show up in the workplace, and so on. But they have women that uh, are doing mixed martial arts and they want to be boxers. And for them, they want to do their career and their life that way, following a, a fighting career. Where for someone that might be awkward, that might be different. Like, what do you mean? Women are supposed to be in the household. They're supposed to do this. They should only be secretaries. And again, these are just examples that I'm throwing out there, but that's what I mean. There's more than one way an individual can be an individual. And when we go out in the world, and again, we have these labels and these ideas based off of what we saw, how is that limiting or affecting how we show up in the workplace, in relationships? as we are leading and managing our businesses. That's why I love when we do training on the psychology of business communication because we start from this groundwork. Or I love doing trainings about unconscious bias because it really allows people to understand the core of who they are and how they lack the education. And again, this isn't your fault. It's not. But they lack the education and the understanding to truly know the power of educating and learning and growing and recognizing that some of us, this wiring, this, this worldview that we have is limited. And it's no fault of our parents, our community, any of that. Because again, what happens is that it's this cycle of information. If this person had limited information, they're going to pass on this information that's limited to the next person and so on and so on. But the beautiful thing is that when you go out into the world and you start to get around different people and you start to learn, educate yourself and really grow and focus on personally developing, you start to expand your thinking and you start to say, you know what? I was biased. I was wrong. I did see this, this team member that was African-American and I made these assumptions about them based off of my worldview and my limited experience and knowledge about them based off of my worldview, what I've seen on TV. Maybe that one experience that you had with somebody of color that might've been negative and now you've created this whole idea of an entire group of individuals based off of what that one experience. So now as a leader, when you do interact with somebody that is of a, of a person of color, you are not having that effective leadership relationship, team relationship with them like you should because of that bias. Or again, it all, and also even recognizing how that emotional trigger, that emotion and those thoughts, because what it's a buildup. You go from emotions to the nervous system and now you're getting the physical reaction, the feeling that's connected to it, which triggers the thought process and your thoughts, now are going to dictate how you pivot. Okay, now how am I going to respond to this based off of these thoughts, based off of this buildup that is happening? And that's why I say we need to understand emotions a lot differently because if you add emotional management to our bias or if you don't add emotional management to your bias, you're responding based off of these limitations. And it all starts with your emotions. If you do feel that way about somebody, right? Right? it's gonna trigger an emotion, the psychological aspect. And now it's gonna trigger the physical response, the feeling. Then it's gonna trigger the thought that goes back to put that potential bias and now it's gonna dictate your actions. So it's like a building block of things that happen, which causes you to respond. But the core of it all is emotions. The core of it all is emotions. And that's why I say a lot of us have to redefine it because as we're in this process of learning and growing and understanding new things, as we're doing that, we have to make sure that we are putting ourselves in the driver's seat of the emotional car versus the emotional, uh, the emotion. Being the driver in the car of us, if that made any sense. Just imagine two cars. One car is labeled you. And instead of you being in the driver's seat, your emotions are in the driver's seat. That is the person, right? Imagine a figure or something of that sort of a blob. That's an emotion. And they're in the driver's seat just driving you. And they're dictating every type of action that you're having. That is not effective management. But now the other car is labeled emotion, And now I'm in the driver's seat and I'm dictating how I respond if I speed up, if I slow down, if I make a left turn, right turn, I'm making a stop at all the stop signs, I'm signaling, and so on. But for many of us, our emotions are driving us. And we have to realize it's important for us to manage that as we're navigating the world And learning more about other people, other things as we're navigating triggers because of different experiences and really learning how to manage that. So it doesn't it doesn't cause us to respond with that bias or with that lack of knowledge or as we're learning. And again, we're not perfect. It it might still happen. But just being able to be more aware of that. So as we're learning, as we're growing, as we're navigating and confirming or learning new things to replace that old wiring, that information that's not effective, you know, we have emotional control. We are making sure that we're aware enough so it doesn't res- we don't respond in a way that's going to hinder our growth or it might hurt other people along the way. Because trust me, if that emotion is in that car and it's driving you, you ain't going to stop at all the stop signs. You're going to make illegal turns. You're going to maybe get pulled over and you might end up on a high speed, high speed chase on the highway because when your emotions are driving, it's just not, it's not aware of all those different things. But if you're driving your emotion, you literally, Hey, there's a stop sign here. I need to pause before I respond. You know what? I was going to go left in this response, but now I'm going to go right in this response. You know what? I was going to speed up. And how I approach this, but now I need to slow down. Do you, get, do you guys picture that? Like really get that visual in your mind. So that's why I say for many of us, emotions is something we have to redefine and understand. It is the foundation. Again, ladies and gentlemen, is the foundation of how we respond to things. It dictates your behaviors, your actions, how you respond to things. And the more we start to understand that, the more we start to realize that we have the power of changing that. So what we're going to talk about on the other side of it, quick pause, you know, quick pause. What we're going to talk about, again, is that we're going to do an overview of what I talked about. Because, again, I had to do my first rant part um, and I hope you picked up some things from it. But now we're going to really break that down and then talk about solutions and see how that affects your, again, leadership. The more you start to understand your emotions, your worldview, how all that shapes it and start saying that I need to slow down more. I need to get in that driver's seat. I need to go to driver's ed and learn how to manage my emotions and learn how to navigate the road a little better so I can get my driver's license, right? So I can be fully equipped to ride, ride in this Porsche, this Corvette, of, uh, uh, you know, and have control because those are fast cars. Those cars have so much power. But a lot of people don't realize, like, again, just imagine those people that are race car drivers. They have more control over those fast paced cars than we do because they've practiced, they've learned, they spent time and energy and really working on those skills. And we have the power to do that as well. So as we're growing and developing, and just imagine that you get a you get a faster car as you level up in leadership, as you get to the CEO level, as you get into these spaces where you have to lead and manage more people, your car just gets faster and faster and faster. You get more access and you, get, you can do so many more things. But are you going to be getting into, cra- you know, crashing that car so much because you have And taking time to really understand how to navigate it, and I really like this example, by the way. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. But this is just how I want to want you to visualize the importance of understanding your how your worldview shapes your um, emotions, and how your emotions can affect how you show up as a leader, how you show up in front of your clients, in front of your teams, and in front of these different empires and things that we're trying to build. Or as we're trying to, again, level up within our the company we support, the more we understand that, the more we manage it, the more effective we will be as leaders and the more we will see more benefits on the other side. So quick pause and we'll talk about this on the other half. I want to personally invite you to join our free community. Yes, we all need to be a part of a community of like-minded individuals who are looking to execute and grow. And I'm not just saying professionally, but also personally. As a self-leader, how do you get yourself to that high performance level, to that next level? Well, we have the community just for you. If you want to join, text COMMUNITY to 4432305587. 230 5587 Again, text COMMUNITY to 443 And let's get you locked in to a space that's going to take you to another level. And to do a recap of what we discussed, we first talked about our worldview and how that is shaped by these beliefs and assumptions are shaped by how we um, have experienced, you know, education in regards to ourselves, in regards to the world, into others, and how certain roles are supposed to be acted out. And then we go into the real world and we're like challenged because of what we saw in our household, in our communities, what we learned in those spaces With our first teachers in that bubble that we were in, a lot of times might not be accurate or it might be limited because you're getting secondhand information from individuals that got limited information as well. And even for me, if you add media and now social media to it, you're learning so many different things about the world and you don't truly understand or know if that's accurate until you go out and test it out. And that's what happens for many of us. You go to college and you're relearning a lot of things or you're learning more. You meet different people and you're starting to learn and understand more than what you had information about prior You're listening to things, you're growing and developing yourself and you're learning more even about yourself and now your worldview shifts. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people that aren't taking time to learn, grow, develop and their worldview becomes limited or it's biased and they're not taking time to unpack that so they can relearn or learn some new things, that actually puts them where they're more empathetic, understanding, they're more respectful, they can show up a lot more effectively in the different roles that we play within the household, within the workforce, within our businesses, within the places and spaces that we lead. All those things are, again, the, the background of all that is our worldview. And the beautiful thing is, when we do start to take time and learn and grow, we start to understand ourselves, the world, others, and specifically emotions differently and how we have received limited information about emotions. So it's seen more as a negative. We don't know how to express it effectively. No, you're not angry. You're disappointed. No, I might not be, I might not look like what you see happy as, but I'm actually content. I actually feel good. I'm inspired right now. And it might not mean that I'm walking around with a huge smile on my face. I just have a reserved look on my face. But for someone else, that might look to them a different way. So all these things we have defined or created these pictures of might not, not, might not be accurate because our worldview is limited, because we need to relearn some things and educate ourselves, because we need to challenge ourselves as leaders as well to make sure that we are functioning from an inclusive space, a space where we're willing to grow and understand and be empathetic. And again, when you decide to step into a leadership role, You have to understand you have to take those things seriously because now we're in the space of people management. Now we're in the space of really understanding ourselves and seeing how biased we might be or what areas we need to grow and develop in. It's just the reality of what happens when you shift into a position or into a role that requires you to connect, build and do so much more that requires bringing other parties and people inside. And again, when we're looking at emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence, excuse me, and emotional management, as leaders, we have to take it serious. Because again, emotions dictate our behaviors. Again, it goes from emotions, then it goes to our nervous system, then it goes to the feeling, because now feeling is the more uh, physical manifestation of the emotion. That's why it's called a feeling where emotions are just the psychological is the cognitive side. And then the thoughts are kicked in where the inner critic resides or where that side where again, you have the positive and negative emotions on that area. And then it dictates our actions and behaviors. So all these different things are happening internally, intrinsically before you see the external output. And all of that is seeped by the definitions and the things that we learn from our our worldview. So that's why emotional intelligence is so important to me. Really allowing people to understand that in teaching classes and allowing people to understand that and coaching individuals to understand how they're in a season of redefining everything that they learned. It could be a struggle for some people. It's hard in the beginning because this is challenging everything you've ever learned or experienced. But it's good growth because now it's going to allow you to show up more effectively for yourself because I believe in self-leadership. We must be self-leaders first. Do we know how to lead ourselves? Then it pivots into the relational side from relationship management from the personal and the professional side. It allows us to, again, see the world so differently and show up in these roles a lot more effectively. And that's why leaders with higher EQ outperform those that solely function off of IQ. Those two go hand in hand. And if you can bring those two together, now you have something that stands out, that pivots into you being a high-performing leader that now can create high-performing teams. So what was your takeaway? What were some things that stood out to you How can you now implement that in how you do leadership, how you develop, how you grow? How can you now embed this into a way that you develop and grow so you can show up better in these spaces? That is going to be the powerful piece of all of this. It's extremely powerful to start to stand out and recognize how pivoting and taking these areas serious is where it's at companies like Google all these in individuals that are starting to learn more about alg- I mean algorithms that pretty much um, run social media it has mastered this information these are individuals who these big corporations have invested money in to go and learn about human behavior learn about EI learn about AI learn about how all these things connect and now they've been able to create a system behind it and now they're able to strategically manipulate you know and even manipulation that sounds like a bad word but they're strategic, strategically finding a way to now get the information in front of you that feeds your bias gets the information in front of you that will maintain your business relationship get the information in front of you that allows you to pretty much you know see these things that also have a big big part to play in how we see ourselves, the world, and those around us. So I really want you to take this serious. I really want you to start embedding these things. And I really want you to start thinking, what can I start to do to maybe unpack my worldview? Identify what it taught me. Identify what areas I need to work in and grow in and develop in. Of course, as we know, the conversations about inclusivity and equity and understanding those underrepresented Excuse me, underrepresented groups within your industries are important, such as women, such as those within the African-American community. And there's so many different pockets of populations that are underrepresented, that don't get the support that they need, that there is a level of understanding that you need to have as a leader so you can support those that come into your organization or company help them navigate things in a way that's going to benefit them. Or even it's just the awareness that you identify that there is some bias and there are some areas you need to work on to make sure that you're recruiting effectively, you're retaining effectively, and you're holding those accountable that don't hold the values that you have within your company or within your teams, because you're trying to create spaces where There is empathy, there's understanding, there's inclusivity, there's equity, and so on. So all these things play hand in hand. And I want us as leaders to really start taking these areas extremely serious. But it first starts with you taking this self-leadership journey to understand yourself, how you see the world, how it's affecting how you lead, and then doing your part to influence and make the changes necessary within your companies or within your organization, but it starts with you. And there are additional things that you can do within your personal life, your professional life, within your own home, so you can start embedding the right type of teaching and understanding within your home, so you can also develop children and family members that'll go out into this world with a high level of EQ or EI, emotional intelligence, so now they're able to influence others. But it all starts with us. So I challenge you leaders out there to do your part to become more emotionally intelligent and recognize that we are all emotional. We all need to have a better understanding of this information and recognize how much it influences how we show up as leaders. So I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. As always, if you want to reach out to me or if you're interested in learning more about these emotional intelligence assessments, some things to kind of springboard you towards that development and growth, you can always contact me at info at AishaThomas.org. Of course, you know, you can reach out to me and my great team, myself and Tyrus are doing some great things at AthleteConsulting.com. So you can go reach out to us. Let's come out and support your teams, organizations, your companies into truly understanding how to become high performing. And it starts with having these understandings of how we show up, finding those solutions, remedying those areas, and then really putting it into into action. So now you see that performance change and improve how you show up personally and professionally. So thank you guys for tuning in and be ready next week for another great conversation. Have a great week. Thank you to all my faithful listeners for your support. Don't forget to leave a review that allows me to reach more people. And as always, if you want to follow me on social media, check me out on all platforms at Miss Aisha Thomas. Again, that's at Miss Aisha, A-I-S-H-A Thomas. Thank you again.